This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey everybody, it's Don LaGreca with the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning, the 2021 Stanley Cup champions. First team to repeat as champion since the 16-17 Pittsburgh Penguins, and they were the first since the 97-98 Red Wings. So it doesn't happen all that often, so congratulations to Tampa. Clearly the best team in the NHL, and they're really, I don't want to say historically good, but when you look at this team up and down, they're, they're in the conversation, right? I mean, this is a team that's been a perennial winner for a long time. Third Stanley Cup in franchise history. Back-to-back cups. Went to a Stanley Cup final in 2015, if you remember. Bunch of conference final appearances. And a lot that they've had to overcome. You know, the bubble was not an easy place to win. And certainly this year was not the easiest of years for them either. You know, playing the regular season without Kucherov. Now, I know what you're going to say. They circumvented the cap and all that and were able to make deals because Kucherov wasn't there and all of a sudden he was there. I get that, but that's something for the league to deal with, not the Lightning. Because if any fan out there is going to say they circumvented the cap, what do you think any other team would have done in the exact same situation? Not try to improve? Not take advantage of the situation? Of course they would have. Now, whether they held Kucherov back or not, they played the regular season without him. Clearly, it affected them because they didn't finish with the best record. And it didn't bother them, you know, that they had to go and play on the road against Carolina and all that. And they they figured it out a way to win because they were the best team. They were the best team last year, best team this year. And they deserve everything that they get. And they are just built so well, top to bottom. Defenseman, how good was Ryan McDonough in the series? Honestly, we can talk all we want about Hedman. I don't think he had that great of a series compared to Ryan McDonough. It seemed like every big play, McDonough was in on it. So deep at the forward position. And Vasilevsky's the best goaltender in the NHL, and he deserved to win the Conn Smythe. So this is a terrific, terrific team, exceptionally well coached. And I would not be surprised if they're in the conversation next year as well. Now, they're going to have to contend with a lot of good teams when we go back to the old way, if that's indeed what they do. You're you're in a division with an improved Florida team. Boston comes back into the fold for them. Bruins are a perennially good team. Montreal's down the conversation. Toronto, a good regular season team. So certainly they're going to be tested, no question. But they are just an amazing, amazing team. So congratulations to everybody in that organization, all of their fans that came out and supported them. And I know they get a little bit of abuse. It's Tampa. How much they care about hockey. I was there in 04 when they won. You know, it's been 30 years that they've been a franchise. They built up a tremendous base. There's a lot of transplanted Northerners. Uh, A lot of snowbirds from Canada, from Boston, from New York down there that with all the winning Tampa has done and with how consistent they've been, they've converted a lot of fans. So that's not a team that struggled attendance-wise. That's not a team that struggled with with getting attention like, uh, like the Florida Panthers have down in South Florida. They are a great well-run franchise doesn't matter who's involved whether it's Breezewell whether it was Iserman back in the day different coaches that they've had they are just a classically good team and I think they're going to be here to stay now the Montreal Canadiens all right a lot of people are going to look at this as like a fluke run you know would they have made the playoffs if it was an 82 game schedule would they made the playoffs if they were in their traditional division instead of maybe being a weaker north hey we saw throughout the playoffs Maybe they weren't the best, second-best team in the NHL this year, but the way they played in the postseason, the way they were built, they, they legitimately got where they got because of hard work, good coaching, and a team that was built for the postseason. 
Now, we'll see what happens next year. They've got a lot of decisions to make, including Philip Deneau that was so good for them. I don't know if they can afford to lose him, but they might have to. I think it was a coming-out party for Carey Price, who got a lot of criticism, from me included, about whether he deserved to be in that pantheon of great goaltenders. He does. So a great goaltender, really solid top-four defenseman, with good young defensemen to come. Romanov is certainly somebody that probably should have played earlier in the series and is going to be a good, well-rounded defenseman for them. And it's a well-run franchise that I think is going to be a consistent playoff contender. Of all the teams in Canada, they still have been the best team. You know, since 2005, they've won nine playoff series. Toronto's won none. So they've got it going on, too. They're going to be tested next year as well. But, you know, kudos to them. They did... Uh, put up a fight in this series they didn't get swept they had a classic game four win they did what they could last night so i think montreal tap hats off to them too great fan base and and now they're back first time in the final since 1993 and they put up the best showing that they could possibly put up so uh kudos to them but what's amazing to me about tampa is just how well-rounded they are and God, it's just amazing to me. All the clinchers were shutouts. That's why Vasilevsky won the Conn Smythe Trophy. And to win one nothing, I mean, it was a carbon copy of what you saw from Game Seven against the Islanders. And you go back even you know further to to the Game Seven in 2015 against the Rangers, where they just know how to play defensively. So for a team that the first instinct you have about them is. Oh, look at how great they are offensively with Kucherov and Stamkos and and Point and they're just and Kalorn's a really good offensive player and what they can get from the uh, the blue line and they're gonna they're gonna outscore you but they can play good defensive hockey. I mean, you saw Montreal sitting there; it's an elimination game for them, and, and for the majority of the first period, they had like two shots on goal. They they're just a, a terrifically well run team. So that's the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, Dave Mishkin's been there forever, and he's a lot of fun to listen to. He's passionate. Him and Phil Esposito make for a very interesting broadcast. And since Tampa won, I guess the best call that we should throw out would be for Mishkin. So the one goal was scored by the rookie Colton, and let's hear the call from Dave Mishkin. Who's going to come up with it? McDonough will. He emerges with it. Center point. Right circle, Chernak. Schreier with the board! He set it up for Ross Colton! Ross Colton has made it 1-0! Yeah, Ross Colton, the rookie, Savard, and a lot of people will be upset because Savard, one of the reasons he's on this team is because of uh, you know Kucherov being hurt, but he set it up the play, and again, you hear McDonough there as well. Is He seemed like every big goal they scored, especially late in the series, came from some McDonough causing the turnover or some setup for McDonough. So McDonough Savard finds uh, right there in the slot Colton for what proved to be the game-winning goal. First rookie to score a game-winning goal to win a Stanley Cup since Mike Rupp in 2003 with the New Jersey Devils. So they hold on to the one to nothing victory, and here is the final call. 13 seconds left. Coleman looking to grab it. Deneau trying to center it. Knocking it away. Yeti Gord. He clears it. He clears it. I don't think this is going to be an icing. No. Three seconds left. He threw a final shot. The Lightning have done it. They have done it. They, they have again. gone back to back for the second year in a row. Oh. They have won the Stanley Cup. And there's Phil in the background. Yeah, listen, Phil... Uh, I think I think we can all agree he's not the greatest of broadcasters, but he's passionate, loves the sport, 
And there's a lot of credit that has to go to Phil Esposito for Tampa even being there. Remember, he was the one that really put the screws to the National Hockey League and really worked his tail off to get the franchise there. And now he's, he's set up retired and he does uh, you know just home games with Michigan. He doesn't travel, but uh, he's always going to be known as a Bruin, always be known as a Ranger. But he is one of the major reasons why Tampa's got a franchise down there and three Stanley Cups now. So that's one of the expansion teams that's worked. Remember, when you go back to all those years ago, and they were awarded the franchise in December of 1990, played their first year in 92-93, that there were wonders, you know, can you play down south, right? There were, there were no southern teams back then when you go back to the 21-league team. The only southern teams were in, in southern California were the Los Angeles Kings, right? There's no team in Texas. There was no team in Florida. There was no team in Carolina, there's no team in Arizona. It was a northern sport. And then you you go down there with the lightning, and then eventually uh, you see the stars, uh, the the, the um, North Stars move down to Dallas, and the, the Whalers move to Carolina. It, 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 you start to see these southern teams, and now you've got two teams in L.A., a team in Dallas, a team in Arizona, two teams in Florida, uh, and you started to see the sport grow. And the Tampa kind of got it all going. They won their first cup in 04, uh, a few, you know, 10 years later. And, you know, the, the, the Panthers have not been great, but they did go to a Stanley Cup final in 96. Dallas has won. Uh, Coyotes went uh, to a conference final a couple of years ago. So, you know, certainly the popularity of the sport is growing to where at the time it looked laughable that you can have a team down south. And now you see the most dominant team in the National Hockey League be from Tampa, Florida. So again, congratulations to the Lightning. Um, many different directions they could have went with the con Smythe, but Vasilevsky certainly deserved it. The way he played in this final, the way he played in all the elimination games, not allowing a goal in the elimination games, a one nothing victory in Game 7 against the Islanders, the one nothing victory last night in Game 5 against the Canadiens. Kucherov deserved a lot of consideration as well. Certainly was not playing at 100% coming back from his injury, and and of course, what happened in the Islander series, but he still made his presence felt. He could have possibly won it as well. And boy, did he make for a very entertaining post-game press conference. I don't know what to say. Uh, <laughs> back to back, and I couldn't sleep for three nights. To be able to win this game is huge. Wasi was outstanding. MVP. I was telling him every day, Wasi, you're MVP. You're the best player. And then they gave it to whatever the guy in Vegas, the Vezina. And then last year, they, they gave Vezina to somebody else. Number one bull****. Number one bull****. Wasi took both cups, took MVP, and I was keep telling him, he's MVP. He's the guy that... He's the best. You know, he was on his head today, and you know, he kept us in the game. And another shout out for by him, remarkable. I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted. The fans in Montreal, come on, they acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? John Romano, Tampa Bay Times. Their final was last last series. Okay. Oh, it's funny. You guys just celebrating now. Well, listen, we could dissect what he said. Oh, why is he disrespecting the Canadian fans? Why is he using foul language? Why is he disrespecting Flurry? He just won a Stanley Cup. He's happy. You know, I'm going to get into this on the Michael K. Show later today. You know, we really get upset when athletes give you nothing. And one of the reasons they give you nothing is because when they do kind of let their guard down, and maybe when they say things they really shouldn't say, instead of just going, hey, that was entertaining, it was fun, he didn't mean anything by it, he's just happy. It gets dissected, he gets ripped, and you know what ends up happening? The next time Kucherov speaks, it'll be, you know, yes, no, 
congratulations to the Canadians. We're happy to win. It's all about next year. And then you get nothing. So I think we have to have a little bit more leeway with these players sometimes, especially in those particular moments. Believe me, sometimes they say things that they should be ripped for, and sometimes they can be disrespectful. But sometimes I think you kind of just have to understand the situation and just say, listen, he was having fun. He wasn't disrespecting Hullabuck for winning the Vezda last year. Wasn't disrespecting Flurry for winning it this year. He wasn't disrespecting the Canadian fans. He was just having some fun in a great moment. He just won a Stanley Cup. It was moments ago. He's still, you know, he's still sweating from the game five. So I think if you really want to see the personality of these players, you sometimes have to let them slide on a few things instead of dissecting it into a fine powder like a frog in high school every single day that sometimes you can get a little bit of personality out of these players and have a little bit of fun with it. So uh, congratulations again to the Tampa Bay Lightning who win uh, the Stanley Cup. Also, congratulations are in order for Tim Basha. Tim Basha was our winner of the bracket challenge here at Game Misconduct. Boy, did he do a great job. We had 225 combatants in this one and he won it going away he gets um the free jersey of his choice so congratulations to tim tim you need to um direct message me or anthony pusick on twitter so we can get all the information for you so you can get your jersey 331 total points he had the lightning and the canadians to win the stanley cup final jk hawks finished in second with 291 so it wasn't really even that close I finished in 13th. I feel pretty good about it as I finished with um, 188 points. Remember, I had Vegas versus the Lightning in the final. But Basha, you know, he really nailed it by getting Montreal to go to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, I didn't think that was even possible, and he, he nailed it. So he had three of the four in the final four. He had Montreal versus Boston in the um in the in the third round so he was wrong about that but he had vegas versus tampa and then uh, vegas ended up losing so he was able to get tampa versus montreal so he he certainly nailed that so good job out of him accumulates the points he gets an authentic jersey of his choice so congratulations to tim basha so got to get your information tim certainly reach out to me at don lagreca um and just dm me or send a message we'll get the information out to you and we will try to get you that jersey and get all the information that we can from you because that slipped through our fingers before we got it going. So I want to try to get that information, and congratulations to you. Now, Anthony, where did you finish? I'd have to go to the next page. Oh, the next page? No, you'd have to go way down to the bottom. I think I had 30 total points. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See where it went wrong for well, Anthony Well, let's Kusick, see. The entire Canadian division was a mess for me, which I think for a lot of people it was. So that didn't help. Uh, probably my Rangers fandom told me the Islanders have to lose early. So that didn't help. Well, you can't bet with your head, buddy. And or your, your, with your heart. You got to bet with your head. Exactly. And my upset, of course, was, oh, well, Minnesota's had Vegas's number all year. This They have to win. And then I had Colorado beating Minnesota. So it really, there was there was a multitude of things that went horribly yeah. wrong. And actually, I think I had Florida beating Tampa. Now you, so, all, I, all I see are just X's in it's all a, of your picks. It's just take the L. It's just take, this is why, Don, you are the well, voice and I just push buttons. Well, listen, I, I, I was awful with my ice picks, but I will say of all the ESPN quote-unquote experts, I'm the only one that had the lightning in five. 
So I felt good about that. Not Levy, not Butchergrass, not Cone, not any of these guys. I was able to be the one to get it. So I felt pretty good about that. So I, I had... I had the lightning at minus 1.5, so I got that wrong. They couldn't get the empty net for me. But, you know, overall, I was able to – I could pick series. I can't pick games, but I'm pretty good at picking series. So I'm happy about that. So congratulations to Tim Bash. He'll reach out to us. Want to get you the jersey. So we're looking forward to that. So that's where we stand. The Stanley Cup belongs to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, congratulations to them. Also – Good job out of NBC. I thought they handled everything very well. Clearly, you saw Eddie was emotional. You know, Eddie went through his cancer, and NBC stood by him, and he made that point at the end of the game. And he and Kenny are going to be working on TNT next season, so we're looking forward to that. But I thought Kenny did a terrific job, as usual. And all the guys, Pierre and, and, and Brian Boucher and everybody that worked at NBC for all these years and all the work that they did, most recently the Brian Burks of the world and, of course, uh, um, John Forslund, so many people that have worked at NBC, and, of course, Doc Emmerich, the great Doc Emmerich, and all the work that he did in the years coming out of the lockout when things were not that great for the NHL, um, having to cancel an entire season and then take over this product that was on NBC and OLN, if you remember. Then it became Versus, and then it became NBC Sportsnet. So, listen, we've had our criticisms and disagreements and questions over the years, but I think over the last 15-plus, they did the NHL right, and I'm sure ABC, ESPN, and TNT will be able to um, carry the baton for the next decade or so. But a great job by NBC, and I thought they did a great uh, honoring of Doc Emmerich, who obviously called his last game at the Stanley Cup Final last year, and he did a nice little synopsis of the 15 years that uh, NBC had the NHL. So you think of all that's happened in the league since then. That first Stanley Cup final coming out of the lockout, Carolina and Edmonton. And to go through all of the changes with the NHL, with the rules and changing of formats and the ups and downs, and NBC was there for a lot of it and documented it well. So congratulations on that run, and now they will pass the baton to TNT, ABC, and ESPN, and looking forward to being a part of that. All right, we'll be back again on Monday. So we'll get even more of a recap of just the season in general. Of course, E.J. Raddick, who called the uh, Stanley Cup Final for NHL International. So we will have a game misconduct coming up on Monday. And then we'll kind of assess the groundwork the rest of the way because we got the expansion draft coming up. We got the actual NHL draft. And then before you know it, camps are going to be opening up. I mean, one of the uh, positives of the um, late season with the uh, pandemic, and we had this season end in the second week of July. And that means we won't have to wait quite as long for hockey again. The target date is October 12th for the start of the season. So all you got to do is get through August and September without hockey. But camps will be opening in late September. So before you know it, hockey is going to be back and hopefully back to normal with an 82-game schedule and the format that we got used to here over the last uh, few years. So let's close it out with your tweets. A lot of people want a chance to talk. And let's go to Sam Diaz. He says, uh, we often compare players and teams from different eras to determine who's the GOAT. Where would this Tampa team rank amongst the Stanley Cup champions over the last 50 years? And which team would you consider the best ever, no matter what era they played in? Well, you know, you look back at the like, the last 50 years. So you're talking about basically in the post-expansion era. When you, th- when you think of great teams, you think of those Edmonton Oilers teams who won, what, three championships in five years. You look at the Montreal Canadiens in the 70s that won the Cups, what, 
74, 75, 76, 77, 78. I mean, those are the teams you kind of think of. But Tampa, I think, is in that conversation of the more recent ones. You look at the Red Wings who won back-to-back titles, but they did it in an era where there was no salary cap and they were able to stockpile a lot of players, especially guys at the end of their careers, and expanded their their um, their payroll when you brought in a Shanahan and a Hull and a Robitaille and a Hashik. I mean, they really brought in a lot of players. And then you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins and their back-to-back cups with uh, the only, you know, outside of uh, John Cooper, obviously, that has won multiple back-to-back Stanley Cups not in the Hall of Fame because they're both, you know, not even close to being Hall of Famers yet because they're so early in their careers. But when you talk about, outside of Mike Sullivan, the coaches that have won back-to-back Cups, you know, the Ray Shiro's of the world, the Scotty Bowman's of the world, you know, they're in the Hall of Fame. You know, so... uh, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa. I mean, they're in that conversation. And again, Tampa had to overcome a lot. And they're excellent coaches. Uh, they're changing in general managers, having to play in the bubble last year, consistently good. Tampa is right there in that conversation. They're not Montreal. They won all those cups. But even then, you know, a lot of that was just they're in a dynasty era. It was before, you know, there was a lot of expansion, infancy of the uh, the draft. A lot of the players they accumulated during that time were, were, were picked up, you know, before the draft happened. Um, so when you really, you know, 50 years might be a little bit too long. But if you go to the 80s, you know, it's, it's the Edmonton Oilers. It's the New York Islanders who won four straight Stanley Cups, 19 straight series. So... Uh, is Tampa in that conversation with the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Islanders? Probably not, but they're certainly in conversation with the Penguins and 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 the Detroit Red Wings and, and teams like that for sure. Uh, Tony says, uh, "Congrats to Lightning on the Cup victory." Question is, any word on start time for next season, and how do you feel about the Cup Finals ending in July? Well, nobody has an appetite for it. Mark Cuban last year talking about the NBA was saying, let's change the schedule, let's play games late in the summer. He was wrong. The ratings have been awful because the summertime, people go away. People's habits um, just uh, a change in the summertime. So I think the, the target date is October 12th. Obviously, barring any kind of situation with the pandemic, I think that's when we're looking at October 12th and trying to get back to normal, 82-game schedule and having the Stanley Cup uh, won in the middle of uh, June instead of it happening uh, in July. Chris says, hey, Don, since the Red Wings have a decent amount of cap space, do you think Iserman looks to acquire some of Tampa's players? And does Iserman have a lot of leverage over teams due to the flat in potential cap-related trades? Well, (laughs) yeah, the cap's not going to go up uh, significantly. Uh, And Chris, you bring up a great point that you're going to start to see Detroit do favors for teams that are up against the cap. You look at like the Islanders, the Lightning. There are teams that need to get rid of some players. Detroit's got a ton of cap space. So they're going to be looking to acquire players, but they're not doing you a solid as much as they are. We'll take your cap issue, but we're also going to want to take maybe a couple of picks as well. And that's what's going to happen. Detroit is really going to accumulate a lot of draft capital by taking on your hefty salary to free you up. So if the Islanders and the Lightning want to get rid of certain players so they can get under the cap, it's probably going to cost them a prospect or it's going to cost them a draft pick. So I do think that's going to be a destination. Now, they can't accommodate everybody, but I do think with the relationship the Red Wings have with the Lightning because of Steve Eiserman, 
there is a possibility that that could really help the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, a couple of tweets from uh, David here. He says, I feel for Carey Price after last night. Stellar performance, just his team couldn't break through on offense. What's the future for the Canadiens team? The start of the yearly contender? Uh, the, um, the start of a yearly contender? Or are we looking at another 2006 Cinderella Oilers? Also, the Bolts winning is big for me as a lifetime Washington State person. I got to see Tyler Johnson, who's my age, play junior for our local team, win a Memorial Cup, and now two Stanley Cups. He's not a big name, but factored big in the last two rounds. He's not a big name, but he's a very underrated player because he was big for them in their run to the Cup Final in 2015. He scores big goals for them, so... Believe me, anybody in the know, especially people around Tampa, acknowledge how good Tyler Johnson is. And as far as the uh, Canadians are concerned, we kind of touched down a little bit earlier. The Canadians have um, some issues they have to deal with because Price makes a lot of money. So what do they do with Deneau? But they've got a, got a lot of good young players. So I don't know if it's going to go the Oilers route where they will go to the Stanley Cup Final Game 7 in 2006 and completely disappear. That's not the way the Canadians are built. Bergevin will make some moves as the general manager. So I think Montreal is going to be okay. Can they get back to the Stanley Cup? You know, that's another story, but I think they can be a perennial playoff team. Sal says, with the Nugent Hopkins hometown discount deal, can you see a similar one for Mika? Will Mika's past concussion issues and unproven physical play in playoffs be used as leveraging a tool for the Rangers in negotiations when the claw comes out? All right. He loves it in New York, and the and the Rangers love him. All right. He is somebody, first of all, he plays a position of need. He is a dynamic player. They will do everything they can to keep him. I can't get into Mika's head on whether he'll give them a hometown discount. And certainly things were always used to try to lessen the blow, right? But, you know, the concussions, no problem. Uh, The COVID, no problem because you saw him get better. Um, And listen, not everybody can play physically. But he is too dynamic a player to give up. And he is just magic on the power play with Panarin. They'll do everything to keep him uh, on the team. Um, let's see. Uh, Kylan says, Hey Don, with the off season officially here, much talk about the Rangers has been about making big moves. Do you see a fit for Eichel? If they do manage to make that trade, how much would he transform the team? Well, he, he would transform the team because he's a great player. He's a center, but you're going to have to give up a lot. And you're also adding to the cap space that, you know, now are you going to be able to afford to, to keep Mika? You're going to be able to afford to keep Strom, you know, so you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Rangers do have a lot of um, extra wingers that they probably can give up. You know, would a Kreider make that deal happen? Probably not because you're going to see a lot of teams interested in Buff- with Buffalo for Eichel. So the package is going to get so high, I'm not really sure that uh, that would be a fit. I do think there's a lot of moves the Rangers can make, and I think Chris Drury is going to be very aggressive because, again, they seem to have an excess of players, right? So I do think that they're going to be moving some pieces, but whether it's a big piece like Eichel, we'll have to pay attention to it. That's why we got to continue to do game misconduct during the course of the offseason. So thank you for uh, fighting through my allergies and the coughing and the sneezing, but... This had to be done because the Cup was won last night. So thanks to everybody for participating. Again, congratulations to Tim Basha. Get in touch with us so we can get you your jersey on winning the Bracket Challenge. So we'll recap a lot and preview a lot coming up on Monday with EJ. And then we'll set the landscape for the schedule moving forward 
for how we're going to do game misconduct in the summer. So enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your cup, Lightning fans, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. This was the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.